Hey everybody, this is Day and Ari with Windshield Time. Ari is holding the uh, little portable voice recorder microphone and we're driving to a meeting. So we decided to go ahead and do Windchill Time as we're actually really doing Windchill Time in a car doing work. We're doing windshield time on windshield time. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Thursday. Thursday, August 15th. 15. All right, so we'll do the uh, Satoshi math um, inside the regular segment, but wanted to just go ahead and get this kicked off. Hey, y'all. I'm Eric. <laughs> I'm a former musician artist. Actually, I'm always going to be a, a musician artist. Turned management consultant, now uh, the chair of the Cascadia blockchain Council and you did the uh, background music for the intro outro disclosures disclaimers to the show Yeah, yeah, so if you hear the uh, the piano piece, it's a prelude by Bach um, Of his prelude and uh, fugue series uh, and I am a former sales engineer work who worked in the telecom infrastructure space and what that means is I worked on really high-speed internet connections for very large companies and also help them build their wider networks, whether it's in a regional, national, or on a global basis. Specifically, their private network. So Nordstrom in New York can talk to Nordstrom in Chicago, can talk to Nordstrom in Seattle. As an example. <laughs> We're gonna roll Dom now. Uh, and I don't think we've been giving due justice to uh, CoinMe and the work that they've done and the accomplishments that they've had. So CoinMe, if y'all didn't know, is a uh, cash, USD, cash, fiat, uh, on-ramp into Bitcoin directly. And so the machines that they have uh, and the machines that they have partnered with, with Coinstar, which is also a Seattle company, allows for the conversion of US dollars to Bitcoin. All right, let's roll down. Hi, y'all. This is Dom from CoinMe, or you might know me from The Blockchain Minute, your daily show for the most important story on the blockchain. None of the statements or opinions expressed in this podcast by the guests or its host is to be taken as financial advice or a solicitation of any kind to participate in a conservative or risky or speculative financial instrument that may or may not require accredited investor status as defined by either the Security and Exchange Commission of the United States of America, or independent thought and rational thinking from the laws of humanity. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that the hosts, Ari and Day, and their guests are not financial advisors of any kind, but only humans and not sentient intergalactic alien life forms. All statements made in this podcast by any living or dead or unborn or zombie or robotic entity in the past, present, or future of the space-time continuum of this known universe are purely ironic or coincidental thoughts and opinions. Moments of sarcasm, sadness, education, glee, entertainment, or any other emotion that may be found in this podcast are fully your responsibility and reaction that may or may not be intended for the listener in any way, shape, or form. Mature adult discretion is strongly advised. Thank you for listening. All right, welcome back. And so uh, we are doing windshield time in the car, in the actual car where we have done a lot of windshield times in the past. And this particular car is named Betsy. In case you were wondering, <laughs> we're driving in Betsy. Yeah, Betsy is one of my uh, favorites. I have a lot of favorites. And this one is 18 years old. All right, 
So let's do the uh, Bitcoin math, Satoshi math time. Satoshi math. Okay. So what's the price of Bitcoin? All right. So it is Thursday, August fifteenth, around twelve forty p.m. And the price of Bitcoin off Blockfolio is ten thousand ninety dollars and seventy cents. Oh, awesome. So it's actually popped a little bit. We had a twenty-four hour low, I believe, of around. $9,500 I want to say. It was a little bit shocking to see it go below $10,000 like that. And so uh, at that price, how many Satoshis do you get? So we do one divided by point zero 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 one zero zero nine zero, <laughs> and we get 9,910 Satoshis. Almost the benchmark, the uh, at uh, one dollar buying you ten thousand satoshis. Satoshis, uh, you're getting um, a little less than that. Yep. So that's Satoshi math today. One Bitcoin is ten thousand ninety dollars, and that will get you nine thousand nine hundred ten satoshis. Awesome. All right. Uh, it going. is a beautiful day in Seattle. We're now going over the I-90 bridge and it is a beautiful day on Lake Washington. A couple of boats out. You almost want a boat, but not really. <laughs> I think I just want maybe one day to be able to regularly rent a uh, catamaran. Mm -hmm. uh, something you can sail yeah. and then something you can lay around on and then also build some sort of a canopy or a tent yeah. so that you can have shade from the uh, sweltering, beating down sunlight. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Let's right. not just dream about stuff, let's get her done <laughs> and just do it. Yeah. What's, right. what's the difference between a uh, dream and a goal? One has uh, action and a uh, deadline put to it. Well, one you just get done. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Dave? Doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be uh, behind the wheel. So last week we were on location in the Midwest in the Detroit area, and um, so it feels nice to be back in Seattle, back in the groove of things here. Yeah, just uh, pulling our laptops, kids over at daycare. <laughs> yeah. Nice so to, uh... parenting uh, when you're on vacation, if you don't have help with you, is just parent 24 by 7 parenting zero daycare, zero nannies, zero help. You're just basically parenting 100% of the time. And if you have a really demanding kids, then your life really sucks. Yeah, so we just went in through, we just came back from a lot of parenting and now that we're back in Seattle, one's at daycare, one's with grandma, we're so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy and so thankful to be home. <laughs> Oh, man. And right. really, like, work is so much easier than parenting. Parenting is really hard. Exactly. It's, it's like torturous. When you work for somebody or yourself, uh, you work for money. But then uh, when you raise kids, you work your ass off to try and raise a human. And you don't know how it's going to turn out. You just wind up not getting paid uh, explicit dollars for it. And it's just uh, the, well, the hardest thing in the world. Because you really want to do well. You want to grow a good human that's kind-hearted and thoughtful and a contributing member of society. And uh, you 
we're paying forward into the future, right? Into next generations and legacy. At least someone who is self-sufficient and doesn't have to be on parental welfare for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, and or someone who does no harm yes. to uh, themselves or to others around them. Yep. Ideally, if you get both of those, then I think you're doing okay as a parent. What was your favorite part about the trip, Day? <laughs> Airy. <laughs> Reconnecting with uh, family, uh, nieces was really, really nice. Uh, they are growing up to be really, really big. And so it's just amazing. Being an uncle is uh, about a million times easier than uh, being a parent. And so I like to be the fun uncle, or in other words, the funkle. And so being able to drop in and, you know, see, um, you know, my nieces every year or so, maybe a couple times a year is a lot of fun. Yeah, and I yeah. get to be the Auntie Corn. <laughs> What's the Auntie Corn? <laughs> it's the Auntie Unicorn. I'm the Auntie Corn. <laughs> <laughs> and they got you a t-shirt. Yes, it was great. So yeah, reconnecting with them and then uh, we got two awesome podcasts out of the local Detroit uh, folks. And so Alex Zantarski and Mark... What's his uh, last um, name? Um, Unstead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unstead. Yeah, yeah. So that's my bad, uh, Mark. If you're listening, um, it's not because I didn't remember you. It's just because I have a uh, bad memory. But uh, yeah, getting the spontaneous uh, podcast with those two, with those two guys was really, really enjoyable and uh, learned a lot, and it was fun. And so yeah, checks off a lot of boxes. Awesome. What about you? What was your favorite parts of the trip? Having those photo-worthy memories, like the lentil, cuddling with one of the cousins on the couch. That picture that you took with uh, the quinoa and the lentil when they were laying down, uh, the one that you posted on Facebook, oh, yeah. I, had, I didn't even see it uh, in real life with you until yeah. I looked online and then I saw it on Facebook. And so uh, that was a really adorable picture. Yeah, they like really bonded too. So they, you know, when the lentil talks to the quinoa, the quinoa gets really happy and smiles, even if the lentil's kind of awkwardly holding him with his giant three-year-old hands and stuff. <laughs> and the, uh, the lentil really, really, you know, really loves his little brother. I think yeah. it's, it's just magical. And then watching the other cousins jump in and help helping with the, uh, the kids was really nice. And seeing them uh, enjoy desserts together or eat together. So uh, I was tweeting out to uh, Alex Zantarski, so he's the COO of um, Detroit, uh, EOS. Detroit EOS. Yep. And so, you know, I'm still pretty ignorant about EOS in general, um, but uh, I was tweeting out to him today or trading messages on LinkedIn, one of those many, 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 many online platforms. And it uh, turns out that Timothy Lewis, who's over at uh, Ikigai, he yeah. is the uh, chief innovation officer, uh, one of the three, one out, out of the three, three-man team over there. Probably, most likely, they have been at the same sort of like meetings and shows and conferences uh, together. So, uh, you know, there is a connection. And I was thinking today that it is such, again, the theme is so consistent that it, it is such early days that the people in this sector, in this new technology evolution, are um, really separated only by one or two degrees. 
uh, you know, if you get to know one person, yeah. then you know, if you get to know, get to know another new person, um, it, it seems like the chances of them knowing each other, you know, are really high. And oh. you wouldn't you wouldn't think that normally in you know other sectors and industries. Yes, and but they actually did a study for any random person in the world, it's six degrees of separation. You can reach anybody in the entire world um, with six degrees is uh, the study yeah. that they did, right? Yeah, uh, and then there's the uh, Will Smith movie, uh, I believe Six Degrees or Six Degrees of Separation. It's a movie? It's really good. Yeah, oh, it's it. Will Smith. Will Smith, check yeah. it out. We gotta watch that. Is it on Netflix? We gotta watch that together. It might be. Oh, we should it do might that. Be. And now that you mentioned Netflix, again, there are no paid endorsements or sponsorships of any kind uh, as part of this podcast yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> there, there might be. If we do like a year's worth of hard time in uh, working on uh, this podcast, then we might be fortunate, fortunate and worthy enough to be able to get some uh, sponsorship. And, and as Naval Ravikant says on Twitter, if what you do adds value to the world, then someone somehow the world or somebody will bestow upon you uh, value uh, that is uh, of uh, some sort of worth. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, right now we're headed to one of our favorite sandwich places in Bellevue. Trace Sandwiches, T-R-E-S. With an accent aigu above the E. And so uh, it's uh, Trace Sandwiches in Bellevue. Just uh, Google it or Waze it or Yelp it. Um, it's a tiny little shop in this uh, strip mall type of thing. And they only do Japanese sandwiches. And so, you know, those picturesque pictures of Japanese sandwiches that you see in food videos or um, what you think a Japanese uh, sandwich look, would look like, they make it here. It's really, really good. They have the uh, famous uh, egg salad Japanese sandwich they have the donkatsu Japanese sandwich you name it they have the best uh, Japanese sandwiches and so whenever we're out here in the east side uh, making a trip for a meeting or two or three Bellevue and Redmond land which is a lot of uh, Microsoft out here and Expedia and and T-Mobile T-Mobile yes 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 and so Costco Costco's headquartered out here yep (laughs) Expedia Um, so these sandwiches are so amazing because they go through the meticulous effort of cutting off the crust yeah. off of every single sandwich. And it's beautiful. Yeah, so it's, it's not only visually appealing, but the uh, bread is perfectly fluffy, almost like custom designed for the specific ingredient that's in the sandwich. And then what I also like about this place is they don't just throw away the crust. You know, like some sandwich places that we have been to where they like take off the crust or they take out the innards of the bread and they just throw it in the garbage, which is, you know, just... Oh, that's, that's Jimmy John's actually. Yeah, they, they take out the bread guts from the sandwiches, Jimmy John's, and they just throw it away, which is such a waste. Trace, they actually save all the crust and then you can take it, you can use it for your own uh, bread pudding or croutons or feed it to animals, whatever you want to do with it, they, they leave it for you to take for free. And I, I would encourage any food restaurant place that has food left over to not throw it away and find some way to make it useful to someone else. Yeah, the so whole Jimmy John's uh, bread guts uh, throwing away into garbage. very upsetting for me. And so what's, <laughs> what's funny is that if it's not busy, 
you can usually talk to the the folks making the sandwiches and they're at Jimmy John's. Yeah, at Jimmy John's, and you know, and they'll be nice and basically, uh, you know, put the bread guts on the side for you. But as a general policy, it's actually really, really strictly enforced that they will not give you the bread guts. And they throw it away. You, they yeah, have they to directly throw it. throw it away. If you watch them make the sandwiches, they will just take the bread guts and throw it directly into a large bin trash can. That's why I think Jimmy John's is even worse <laughs> as a company. That we are not endorsed by them. I mean, they have there's so many posts about their their founder guy like going off and hunting animals for fun. You know, lions, rhinoceroses, elephants. That guy is no bueno. So so maybe there's been some updates to that whole um, you mm. know, meme that's happened. And so I think maybe he's been addressed uh, publicly regarding all that stuff. But historically, uh, yeah, he still, he still has that kind of like a taint uh, scar on, on his shoulders. Significant taint. <laughs> Significant taint. So if you are a restaurant or groceries or any sort of food services, be sure to not throw away food if you can help it. I think we need to be far more respectful to the resources that we have. If I ever become homeless, I think I'll probably come over here and get some, you know, get some soft uh, bread crust uh, to lift off of. And then eat the blackberries that grow prolifically and what is the word? Pro prolific. Prolifically everywhere. Abundantly. Abundantly. <laughs> and here in the Pacific Northwest, I think we have to pause now and go get sandwiches. Oh, we might as well play the uh, Bitcoin Jingle by Tatiana Morose. <laughs> so we'll play the Bitcoin Jingle right now and then finish up the main segment uh, a little bit later in the day. All right, let's roll Tatiana. I didn't want to give any of my money to a nation based on war. I wanted to be free, nothing holding me back from where I want to go. I thought about it, I thought about it What was the choice that I made? It was to take away the money Don't give up your money Use Bitcoin whenever you pay Use Bitcoin whenever you pay I didn't want to waste any of my time Working for the government I wanted to be kind, open up my mind, just like an instrument. I thought about it, I thought about it, what was the choice that I made? It was to take away the money, don't give up your money, use Bitcoin whenever you pay. Use Bitcoin whenever you pay. What a little crypto can do No longer a slave I don't have to work until the grave So many times I tried to myself That we didn't have a chance Nakamoto came along with more than a song Gave the labor back to men I thought about it, I thought about it What was the choice that I made? It was to take away the money Don't give up your money Use Bitcoin whenever you pay 
Use Bitcoin whenever you pay. Use Bitcoin whenever you pay. Thank you. Thanks again, Tatiana, for coming out here and doing our first live show with us and providing us the ability to share the Bitcoin jingle with the world. As often as we can. <laughs> we love it. Extremely, extremely catchy song. And you know, it, it was born out of the whole libertarian uh, movement and Ron Paul and, and all of that back in the day and, and trying to bring Bitcoin's um, you know, innovation, the innovation of Bitcoin uh, to the masses. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we're uh, we're wrapping up. We had an awesome uh, meeting here at midday, and now so we're wrapping up, going to pick up our uh, lentil, lentil from daycare. And so I thought uh, we thought we'd wrap it up a little bit. So um, I mean, it's a continuation on the grand topic of what's next for Aerie. I really like my husband a lot, thankfully, because <laughs> we're married. Um, but I also like him as a professional and and his uh, just the way he thinks it's very different than mine. But I think together we make a great pair. And uh, some personal thoughts about my experiences over the last ten years um, is as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I've, PR has always been this magical because you were black you were, box of you were having to deal with you know the whole PR world back in the gift starter days too yeah we hired a we hired a PR from back then too and um, just learning about PR if you're new to being a startup owner or an entrepreneur or anything of that sort PR has always just been so something that you think you you have to do and you you know you have to do it and you know there's agencies out there and you know that you need to get into the media and you want to get you know quoted in TechCrunch and you want to have an article in Forbes and um, you want to write articles and you want to be able to promote and get more awareness about your business. I mean that's the goal of it at all at the end of the day. But I've always found it very frustrating as a uh, as a person that's hiring a PR agency. On the, so on the buy side. On the buy side, yeah. it's always been really frustrating. The person and, buying the services. Yeah, and I couldn't really understand why, and I never really had the time or mind space to go and figure out why, right? So um, starting. And, and you were having to be a um, a founder, a leader of Giftstarter, um, and not having the luxury of being able to hire a PR person to be on the inside yeah. working on your behalf. Right. You had to just hire someone straight out to do the work. Right, and I've, I've tried lots of different versions, right? I've tried the, uh, the monthly um, pay and agency, and agencies can cost us you know, much low as you know $2,000 a month up to you know 15. Actually today we heard about it costing $27,000 a month for a PR agency, which is kind of crazy. Which is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and then you can hire the contractors that work hourly, or they charge you a monthly uh, um, retainer fee. And that can cost you anywhere from $600 a month up to, you know, $10,000 a month on, on the higher side. And I think even more than that, depending on the person. 
And so you have this person that'll come in and they'll try and pitch different stories to journalists and reporters. They'll try and get you quoted into different media outlets. They'll try and get you speaking spots um, on different panels or in different events. And in the meantime, you're paying them, let's say like $5,000 a month. That's $60,000 a year. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh great, I got quoted in Forbes twice last month. Was that worth $5,000? Was it worth $2,500 for that each quote? No, not really. Did I get like $2,500 of business? Not really. Um, and so as a startup person or entrepreneur person, it's it's been really hard working with PR agencies. And all those issues were amplified um, and not in a great way um, at the last company you were with, yeah. unfortunately. And so... Well, in the ICO world and in the crypto world, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, mercenaries is a nice way to put it. Everyone wants to get a cut of the pie. And so, you know, even with developers, typically you buy a developer for 120 to like, what, $180,000 a year for a decent salary. They wanted, you know, 250 to $400,000 a year because you had the word blockchain in your company oh, or right, crypto, right, right? right? Or you knew how to write a smart contract. And yeah. And apparently there were extremely few number of devs in the world who are adept, uh, re actually really proficient and skilled at writing smart contracts. Right. Um, but if you knew what I knew, now I, I, I give you lots of different advice. So if you ever want <laughs> advice, I can tell you what I, what I know now, um, based on that experience. But we're not talking about hiring anymore, right now. Yeah. We're talking about PR. And yeah, so I went and actually talked to some of the smartest PR people I know. So I said, hey friends, do you know some smart pe PR people? This is your people? recent research. Yeah. yeah. So I went and talked to some smart PR people and I said, hey, so what is PR? Like, what is the value of hiring a PR person or a PR agency? Like, what should my expectations be as a business owner or a client of you yours? you wanted to make sure that you weren't crazy in yeah. the expectations that you figured that you yeah. Uh, had. Yeah. Right. Like I have expectations X, Y, and Z, but maybe they're unfounded and maybe I had my expectations were not in line with what a PR agency should be doing or what they think they should be doing. So I, you know, asked several of them, you know, so what is PR? And this is the summary of what I learned. It's about PR people, PR agencies, they talk to the media all the time. And so what they bring to the table in terms of value is media relationships. Uh, they know like what will get sold to the uh, journalists and the media um, as content, as blogs, as news. They know how to pitch a journalist too. So journalists like a certain format. They like to have these certain trust relationships. And so that's the other thing they bring to the table. And then also they can help with coachings to make sure that persons or teams are ready for being in the public eye. I go, oh, okay, that's great. But I've never really experienced that. So <laughs> um, what could I be doing wrong, right? And so uh, they said, well, it's, I said, so what are your pet peeves? Or like, what do you think clients are getting wrong about public relations? And they said, well, very often, startup entrepreneurs will hire us public relations agencies and say like, hey, I need to get in TechCrunch next month because I'm about to do a series A raise or I, I need to make my revenue $10,000 or $100,000 and I need to make my numbers. So I need this magical bullet that is PR and I need you to solve that for me and get me to TechCrunch tomorrow. And <laughs> that's not gonna happen. And I said, okay, that makes sense. 
unrealistic expectations, thinking that an article in TechCrunch is gonna save your dying startup. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, so I, I can see that, but look, seriously, why am I still paying a peer agency $5,000 a month, for instance, for a couple of quotes, or even an article in TechCrunch that may or may not get me 100,000, 100 million users, right? So then she said, well, if you really think about it, public relations is communications. And so in companies and enterprises and startups, you might have this person called a communications manager or your chief communications officer. And I go, okay, so this person is writing all the content, the posts, making sure the messaging is on brand. Um, they're making sure that what people are writing about you is right. They might do like some investor relations or public relations in that sort of way. And I go, okay, so what is it? To, it uh, that's the communications manager. That's the public relations agency. So the pub PR agencies, when you hire them, they're doing stuff that a communication managers would, would do. And she's like, well, actually, no, it's actually very different today too. <laughs> and I said, okay, what does that mean? She said, well, PR agencies also do a lot of the uh, marketing stuff, too. And I said, well, what does that mean? She said, well, <laughs> today our PR agency also does a lot of the SEO stuff. So we'll make sure your website is SEO friendly. We'll make sure you have the right content strategy. We'll make sure your tweets are correct and your marketing um, blog is correct. And I said, okay, so you're basically doing content marketing. And she's like, yes. And I said, so then I said, okay, so you have a content marketing angle to a public relations function um, that also has those media relationships and knows how to figure out the angles to pitch journalists. And I said, all right, great. So then um, what else should I be thinking about when working with a PR person? And she said, well, there's also this idea of earned media. Think about pesos. And I was like, what? Pesos? And she said, well, pesos is the acronym. So you want to think about paid media, earned media, social media, and organic owned media. Oh, and I said, goodness. oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> so I said, all right. So you're, we're thinking about this stuff. You're thinking about SEM versus everything else, right? So paid ads, you know, paid search ads, um, stuff like that and then everything else which is you know a journalist writes about you because they just found out about you or something in social media or something in a blog which is owned media and I said okay so PR agencies today are basically a content marketing staff augmentation company that helps you scale out a particular company's marketing function and they also pitch journalists when they can and get you a couple quotes and she said yes and I said but the retainer for a PR firm only covers the quotes in the journalist part. And if I want the content marketing farm, then I have to pay extra for that service. She's, she's like, yes. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've learned. Um, and then I said, well, what about the person that is sort of like the influencer that can get you the meetings with X, Y, and C uh, companies, sort of like business development, or if you go to a, a conference, this person will be making sure that you're getting in front of the right media, that you're getting um, uh, lunch and coffee with the influencers at that conference. She said, oh, that's like a celebrity publicist. That's what they have over there in Hollywood. And I said, oh, celebrity publicists, those people exist, right? Making sure that you know, you look your movie agent, I'm, I'm imagining, that gets you the meeting with the right movie directors and producers, so you get, you know, the right Hollywood roles, and you're shown in the right pictures, and, you know, Vanity Fair, or whatever it is, right? 
So she said, that's a celebrity uh, publicist. Uh, they don't really, we don't really have those in business, but that's a good idea. And I said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, this is what I would like. As a star person and entrepreneur, this is what I thought a PR person would, was doing. I thought a PR person would uh, do the stuff a management consultant does, because that's my background. You know, give me my weekly status reports, tell me how I'm doing, be tracking all my, you know, pace on media, right? Um, all the media that's being out there and all the links that's being talked about me and give me feedback on how we're doing and what we need to do to uh, adjust the perception out there. Um, someone that um, also already has those media relationships and could fast track my business um, appearing in quotes and having articles written about me to increase that awareness. And then also, finally, be that celebrity publicist to make sure that I'm meeting with the right influencers in my city, that I'm having coffee and lunch at the right parties, that I, I'm, um, I'm a known person in my local community and also the community that I'm trying to uh, be a part of with my business. And she said, yeah, that doesn't exist. <laughs> so basically what I learned is that um, PR agencies and PR as a function or a role has completely changed, um, especially over the last 10 years or so. Um, it was once a very old school, predictable industry, had a lot of weight and a lot of capability, but with the rise of social media, with the rise of all these different digital services, all the rise of all the different needs that has come out from the rise of social and digital has changed the landscape of public relations. And so our expectations of what public relations is has changed. Uh, their capabilities has also changed. And so what we're left with today, in my opinion, in 2019, is that public relations needs to be redefined. The public relations business, the value prop that they offer to their clients for what, $2,000 a month to $25,000 a month needs to be updated so it actually does provide real value. It can't just be uh, doing content marketing and the expectations of business owners needs to be thought through and redefined as well. So it's got to be more than I need to get in TechCrunch next month so that I can get 100 million new users or raise my Series A. It really needs to be a lot more thoughtful. I'd love to have more conversations to share ideas or opinions about what public relations is, whether you're on the buy side, so you've hired public relations companies, firms, contractors, and you've loved it or you've hated it and why, or you're a public relations expert yourself. And so what have I misunderstood or what am I not getting in, in terms of what public relations is and isn't? Um, would love to have a chat to learn more. And in the meantime, we're going to pause until Day gets back. Hi, all back in the studio. And yesterday was really interesting just because we were doing the Winchell time. Uh, in actual Winchell time, it is Friday about 3.30 p.m. And I'm sitting with Ari here uh, in the studio, but she has laryngitis. And here's the proof. I have laryngitis. Yeah, you might have heard a few squeaks there, but that's definitely her. There are so many different outlets for attention. Uh, there are so many ways that companies can interact with their investors, with their future customers, with their present customers. There's this never-ending search for growth. There seems to be and there is a ton of change that's happened in the industry of PR, and it, it's 
getting intermingled with maybe um, you know a lot of aspects of content marketing and digital marketing and um, you know storytelling, uh, customer uh, interactions. There's this new beast called engagement, um, which all the social media platforms. Uh, try to push for in uh, varying and sometimes in extremely loud ways in order to bring uh, further attention to you know, brands and, and products. And so this is what we, Ari and I were thinking that we can maybe uh, provide a service, provide a value into the marketplace and to do a little bit something uh, different in the space. Air quote anti PR services. It does some, a little bit of what the traditional PR agencies do or what a traditional publicist or PR person would do. And that's, you know, maybe a little coordination. It's um, getting some attention and angles with the photo, you know, jur- journalists and things of that nature. But it's also some marketing, it's some uh, branding, it's influencers, it's analysis, it's strategy, it's business development. And it, at the end of the day, it's pushing for actually what matters most to a business, revenue. All right, so that kind of does it for the pod for today, Friday the 16th. It includes our car podding, podcasting from yesterday, uh, the little voice recorder that we have. Um, and then I'll close it out with uh, two points. Next Thursday, the 22nd of August, there is Lolly's first birthday bash. And so what they want to do is encourage people all across the country to get together in person and talk about the power of Bitcoin. Uh, one of their main uh, taglines is uh, stack and sats or stack and satoshis, which is the smallest unit of Bitcoin, which is the part of the Satoshi math that Ari and I do in every episode. But uh, they're paying for food, drinks, they're going to get a cake, they're going to have Bitcoin-related prizes. And so it's basically a huge thank you to the loyal users and fans of Lolly. The Try Lolly uh, Twitter account is very active, very engaging, and so it's always fun to uh, tweet at those guys and uh, have a little fun. Uh, but basically, uh, me, at Lugs Donkey, Ari, at Ari in Seattle, A R R Y. I N Seattle and uh, Matthew Ryan Case, our beloved at Matthew Ryan Case. We're going to be hosting this first uh, birthday party. So coming out, Aries laryngitis voices yelling at you. <laughs> August twenty second, four to seven p.m. We're working on locking the location down. Uh, follow the meetup uh, group Seattle Blockchain Underground for more information. And then the other event to watch out for in August, the following Thursday. August 29, 4 to 7 p.m. at Optimism Brewery in Capitol Hill. Uh, We're going to be having another WTIA-sponsored Cascadia Blockchain Happy Hour, Council Happy Hour. And so come out, meet the uh, blockchain community, whether you're in it or not in it, or you want to be in it or curious about it, crypto curious, Bitcoin curious, blockchain curious, uh, come out and meet us and uh, let's uh, rise together for this Cascadia region. Everyone from Portland all the way up to Vancouver, we're here to create one collective voice and make an impact together. All right, that does it. Be nice to each other out there, y'all. Thanks. Together we rise. 
is J.R. Pennypacker from Do We Cheat Him and How. None of the statements or opinions expressed in this podcast by the guests or its hosts is to be taken as financial or legal or psychological or dietary advice or a solicitation of any kind to participate in a conservative or risky or even speculative financial instrument that may or may not require accredited investor status as defined by either the Securities and Exchange Commission of the United States of America or independent thought and rational thinking from the laws of humanity. By listening, you acknowledge that the hosts, Ari and Day, and their guests are not financial advisors or legal scholars for that matter of any kind, but they're simply humans and not sentient intergalactic life forms that are aliens. No, not at all. All statements made in this podcast by any living or dead or unborn or zombie or robotic entity in the past, present, future of the space-time continuum of the known universe are purely ironic and coincidental thoughts and opinions. Moments of sarcasm, sadness, education, glee, entertainment, or any other emotion found in this podcast are fully your responsibility and reaction that may or may not be intended for the listener in any way, shape, or form. Mature adult discretion is strongly advised. Thank you for listening. Well, day is out picking up the lentil from daycare, and so it's just me here sitting in the car, so it's windshield time with you and me. <laughs>